Crossover Appeal is a show that will sometimes have spoilers, but the hosts promise not to be jerks about it. Also, from time to time, Walt and Annie may get small details about the things they discuss incorrect, and they would like you to know that every time it happens, it is done on purpose to spite you specifically. Enjoy the show! Hey, everybody, and welcome to Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Carty. Iteration zero, 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 one. I don't know French, but I should say something in French. Bonjour. Je, je m'appelle. Les poissons, les poissons. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly handled. Yes. Uh, I got goosebumps. I took um, about a week of French in college, mm -hmm. and I remember we were learning words, and after class, one of the girls in my class came up to me, and she's like, you know, we, we just learned le poisson means fish, and I was like, oh, yeah, and she's like, that's, I never realized that that's what the chef was singing in The Little Mermaid, and I was like, my mind is blown! <laughs> Everything is different from and this day forward. And I never saw her again. Yeah, wow, you dropped that class. I back. did, it was I'm, an 8 a.m. class every day. You'd gained all the knowledge that you needed I to did. gain. I did, I mean, that's all for the French I need to know. Yeah, there was Except nothing left. for whatever Rousseau was saying into that tape. It's true, That w then we would have known whether Maggie Grace was right or not. Or whether she was just making stuff up when she was oh, translating. Oh, that's so true. I really, I actually would love to know that. Yeah. I bet there is a nerd out there who has done that. Oh, I'm sure. Probably many. Thanks, Internet. Yay, Internet. Um, Annie, what do we do on Crossover Appeal? On Crossover Appeal, we take a book or movie or TV show, some narrative form of storytelling, and mash it up with another narrative form of storytelling and see where they cross over. We squish them all together. Squish it right in the middle. And see where the squishes land. Mm, squishy. Be because we're throwing them off a building. Wow. I just I didn't know how a squish would land, so I figured You're we had You're throwing it off a stair car? Yes, exactly. Yep. Well, it was a hop-on, and yep. it should not have been there. Oh, no. <laughs> You're going to get a lot of those. Yay. Annie, what are we mashing up tonight? And today, we are mashing up Arrested Development and Lost. Which, th special thanks to friend of the program, Tom, for recommending this crossover. Yeah. Um, as one that he has apparently always thought about, so he'll be able to tell us if we're wrong or not. That's true. We expect to see your thoughts in a lot of the comments, Tom. It's true. No so, pressure or you know, anything. You've been called out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Doesn't everybody want to submit an idea now? Exactly. <laughs> Nothing like threats to motivate a listener yeah. base. Uh, yeah. Well, Annie, um, in order to show everyone why this is such a brilliant crossover idea, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about Arrested Development? So Arrested Development is a TV comedy that first aired between 2003 and 2006 on Fox. Um, it then had a fourth season on Netflix in 2013. Uh, the show centers around the Bluth family, primarily Michael Bluth, as he has to manage his wealthy and self-absorbed family, just as his father's been sent to prison to prison for some, quote, light treason. <laughs> Michael tries to get the company stable while keeping his family from spending money that they don't have and ultimately destroying themselves. Uh, the Bluths are all pretty terrible people in a really absurd world, mm -hmm. but the writing is like sh so sharp and funny and the jokes are extended through seasons. So it's just a great balance of like 
schadenfreude and genuine humor and joy and like you end up really rooting for the characters anyway yeah i mean i think the closest proxy i could think of to especially when it started is almost like a live action simpsons but it it goes even so far beyond that in in the level of layering and absurdity of the humor of the show um it's such a specific and and driven and thought through humor uh that is really hard to describe but delightful it is i think it's the kind of show where i reference it constantly like um like well there's a joke about the boat and its name is the c-word yeah and lucille blue says i will leave when i'm good and ready and i anytime i hear someone mention like the sea i Mm. think of that oh the c-word um or someone saying the word lies i go I don't care about Lucille. She lies. <laughs> like, oh my God. Just like yeah. my life is filled with Bluth family references. Largely Jessica Walters centric. Well, because Jessica Walters is the greatest of great TV mm. actresses. Um, so perfect. speaking of characters, yeah. uh, we have Michael Bluth, who's played by Jason Bateman. He's again, kind of the, the main character and sort of a straight man for the show, even though he, a lot of his plot line is kind of realizing that he is as ultimately as terrible as his family. Yeah, he's the straight man as much as a person can be normal. In yeah. Um, his son is George Michael, played by Michael Sarah, aka the Charlie Brown of humans. Like literally in the show, that's a reference. Um, there's George Bluth, played by Jeffrey Tambor, who is the patriarch and prisoner for much of the show. Um, mm-hmm. He also plays his identical twin brother, Oscar. Oscar. Jeffrey Tambor is a delight here. Um, Lucille Bluth, his wife, the, the um, George Bluth's wife, so the matriarch mm-hmm. of the family. Again, literally one of the greatest TV actresses of all time, oh, yeah. Jessica Walter. She, she plays evil and self-absorbed and just like with this enormous comic talent yeah and i mean it's really the kind of character that i think has defined her later career as well because yeah. I mean, if you've watched if you enjoy archer or... she was on the new 90210 series mm-hmm. and, and it's like the same character right because but... she's so good at it yeah nobody delivers acid tongue barbs over a martini and just every look she gives is perfection like mm-hmm. i want to i'm not an actor but i wish i could take a class with her just so i could like turn and give someone a withering stare yeah oh the withering stare um michael's siblings include job played by will arnett who is the eldest bluth, bluth brother and failed magician oh illusionist. where did the lighter fluid come from <laughs> like just all the references um his michael's sister is Lindsay. um she is played by portia de rossi um married in an unhappy marriage to tobias who is a failed an alrapist. <laughs> yeah, he blew. He blues himself. Yes. Um. He wants to be an actor. Um. Mm-hmm. The youngest Bluth child is Buster Bluth, um, played by Tony Hale, and he's just like a little soft dough boy. Mm-hmm. Um, a mother boy, if you will. Yes. Um. Lindsay's daughter is named Maybe. Um. She, uh, George Michael has a crush on her, and she is definitely the brightest of the Bluths. Yeah, absolutely. Um. There are a lot of other amazing recurring characters, including Henry Winkler as awful lawyer Barry Zuckerhorn, oh, Scott Bayo, who replaces Henry Winkler as awful lawyer Bob blah blah. Reference, Get it. Yeah, like reference mm-hmm. to Happy Days. Mm-hmm. 
of which Ron Howard is a producer here and was obviously starring on Happy Days, right. all sorts of crossovers. Of yeah, narrator of the show, who also becomes a character. Yeah. Um, this is a show that has a lot of fun with the meta layer. Of oh, yeah. It, like, it has a lot of fun knowing that it's a TV show mm-hmm. and just like it layers upon layers in its storytelling. Yeah. Um, there's Liza Minnelli shows up as Lucille, too. Oh. Um, Mae Whitman is Anne Beale. And like, I Oop. feel her. <laughs> yeah see you can't you can't listen to this without watching the show it's true believe me once you've watched the show you're gonna go back and listen to and this laugh and, and laugh laugh or you're gonna just do. cry and cry because it's gone um, now but yeah may whitman I, i'm like so proud of her for having like a really solid career mm-hmm. and i'm like oh my god like i remember when she showed up on the show and it was even a different actress first yeah Oh, and yeah. then I was like, wow, you know, what's this girl going to get up to? And she's amazing. Like, she, she, you don't think of her playing with this comic timing as Anne Beale. It's just this pathetic character. But oh. she just really owns the weirdness. Absolutely. Um, and, yeah, like, it's – I feel like the plot is almost irrelevant. Like, they deal with the company and if it's, you know, stable or not. And, like, the model home <laughs> and who's yeah. living there and, like – George Bluth escapes from prison at some point. Yeah, it's like, almost like the the arcs of the plot are not important, but the events are only in as much as they become like reflecting boxes back on one another. Yeah, um, it's, it's such like a, a plot mirror show. of jokes. Yeah, yeah, they only like the Buster plot- joins the army and loses a hand, mm-hmm. but like. And it's something that you then realize has been foreshadowed for the first, the last season like, or more. Yeah, um, yeah, it's the kind of thing that like. It, the plot only matters to set up jokes, and it's so good at setting up jokes. Um, I love it. Yeah, I feel like it's. I mean, I didn't include this in the um, the reader's advisory, but just just thinking of it now, I feel like it's like the TV version of Hot Fuzz in that in the way it's set up its comedy, yeah. where it's just like you get payoff after payoff after payoff mm-hmm. when it comes to the jokes. Yeah, to setups you didn't even realize were there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just like it's a funny show. It's very um, funny. Uh, themes include uh, you can't choose who your family is. Um, sometimes they're a mess and you just have to deal with the people that life gave, gave you and find the good in them. Amen. Um, yeah, right. Michael ends up being closer to his family than he realized. And he and George Michael find themselves like emotionally connected in a way, mm-hmm. even as they hate these people in various ways and yeah. everybody is messing up everybody else's life. Um but you also don't have to fix your family. And I, I really like the end of season three because I feel like there is a, a big point of catharsis and being able to acknowledge that, like, these are your people while not having to be responsible for your people. Yeah. And that there's a strength in realizing that, like, no, this doesn't have to be you. Yeah. You don't have to be caught up in a cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just don't watch the fourth season. It's I would say watch it as, like... A sociological experiment. Or, yeah, just to see, like, all your lovely TV friends again. Yeah. Because, yeah, again, the ca- the actors are just fantastic. But. Yeah, and it was, like, the first Netflix original series. Yeah, I, I feel like it did a lot for Netflix overall, but in the same way, the Gilmore Girls reboot did not end up being what everybody wanted. Yeah. I think the same was true for Arrested Development. It was just, like, too much time had passed and things had were pretty satisfying, and they were ultimately. Dealing, yeah. And they were dealing with really restricted character ske- or actor availabilities. So. Yeah, so you couldn't have all the actors in the same room mm-hmm. at the same time. So um, it's fun, but... Yeah, I feel like plot-wise, f- feel like it ends at season three. Yeah, sort of like how the and, 
the final episode of Futurama will always be the Devil's Hands or Idol playthings, even though there have been like eight billion seasons. After. And a couple other themes and are um, you could be the pot calling the kettle black in that Michael, again, thinks his family is totally absurd and normal. <laughs> and ultimately, he is pretty much just as messed up and selfish as they are. Um, and more importantly, always leave a note and always. other helpful lessons. <laughs> no Jay Walter Weatherman. Yes. <laughs> Things that I like and other people will like are um, just this cast. Like, I feel like yes. they, the show would have just dropped dead without the phenomenal comic skills of this cast. They're hilarious. They all work really well together. They have a great energy. Um, Jessica Walter is a queen. Mm-hmm. Um and again, the jokes build off each other and are sometimes so subtle you don't even notice it on the first watch. Like yeah. you you have to go back and watch this multiple times and it will become part of your life. Absolutely. Um, and the humor has an edge to it. and But the show's also got a lot of warmth. Like I feel like it's never letting its characters slide for their terrible behavior. Mm-hmm. But it also is really rooting for them. It's like you, the show wants them to be better people even as they're terrible people. Yeah. And I think that's something, one more thing in season four that sort of skewed a little bit is yeah. it felt like the show was realizing that it didn't like its characters Yeah, anymore. which I didn't really get because I'm like, no, I do love all of you. Yeah. I wouldn't want to actually hang out with any of you, but I love spending time with you. Exactly. It's you want them to do better, but understand that better means really minor increments. Yeah. And like, I think the actors bring so much not just comic timing and skill, but like warmth to their characters. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's almost a waste of their talent to like not embrace these people entirely. Yeah. And just let them be part of this insane world. Yeah. That is delightful. It is. Like the, it's just like three plus seasons of hilarious jokes and building on each other. So mm-hmm. it's it's a good time. Yeah. Check it out for sure. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Do you want to tell us about... Uh, the world of lost. That's the opening to lost. Yep. <laughs> We've done it, everyone. We've perfectly recaptured the yes. opening sequence we're, of lost. We're going to start an acapella group that is two people, and all we do is the lost, the lost theme. theme song, not <laughs> yep. even TV show theme songs. We'll call it Lost Appella. Or Dharmapella. Dar- the, the polar bears. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah. Polacopella bears. Pullover bears. Pullover bears. You're drunk. (laughs) I was picturing bears wearing pullovers, which for some reason my brain was like, that doesn't make sense. They have fur. Why would they be cold? But I don't know. Well, not since global warming. It's true. That's why they drink and (laughs) drive. <laughs> they're just making poor decisions now that their environment is collapsing <laughs> they really around are. them. They're just Aww. trying to do whatever dulls their pain. Exactly. Oh, bears. That's really a shame. Yeah. Well, they'll always have the island from Lost. That's true. They can always go there. <laughs> it's true. So speaking of which, uh, Lost was a TV series that aired on ABC starting uh, 2004 and ending in 2010. So it actually ran continuous uh, with Arrested Development. Wow. Maybe they were... All sitting next to each other at some Academy, not Academy Award, Golden Globesy thing. I bet they all hung out. I bet. 
Absolutely. I think the Arrested Development cast got to Hawaii a whole lot. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, Lost tells the story of a group of plane crash survivors who are stranded on a desert island that is full of secrets. Ooh. Um, as the first season especially, but then further seasons after that progress, uh, the survivors gradually uncover the mysteries of the island's history and also present. And they also come to terms with their own individual backstories, which are told each episode in uh, flashback sequences. So each episode basically has a really simple setup. You get one dilemma on the island that you're watching the characters solve as a group, which is intercut with flashbacks for one character's past experience. So there will be like a Jack episode or yeah, a Kate episode. Yeah, and like the, mostly the um, the plot line on the island will feature that character as well. So it'll be like, right. okay, Hurley's trying to deal with this thing on the island. And it is and, informed. Yeah, by all this emotional stuff from his emotional past. Yeah, so it becomes a really sort of clever way to gamify exposition where you're learning about characters in a way that the other characters don't realize. So you still get a lot of dramatic irony of who knows what about who um, because all these people are strangers to one another. Or so they think. Ooh. Um, so yeah, it was... Uh, uh, it, it was a really sort of intricate game kind of show. And as the run of it continued, they started to play around with what those flashbacks could be used for and how those cutaway structures could be utilized in the storytelling. Um, but storytelling aside, uh, the real heart of Lost is its characters, of which there are a million. And I would say about 800,000 of those million are really <laughs> amazing and delightful. Um, you start with your core group of survivors. I'm just going to start naming names with minor descriptions because, again, there's a bunch. But your main protagonist of the series is Jack Shepard, played by Matthew Fox. Um, the show also loves allegorical last names. So you get a lot of people named after or philosophers just, yeah, or like metaphorical presences. Yeah. yeah. So Jack Shepard is a surgeon who has a drinking problem and father issues. Um, heads up. Everybody. That's going to be a recurring theme. Oh, and J.J. Abrams works in general. Yeah, seriously. It is in the J.J. Abrams oeuvre. J.J. Abrams loves father issues and time travel. And lens flares. And lens flares. Those are his three Those, loves. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you're allowed to have three big loves as a crea content creator. Yeah. And he Those uses them all very well. Yeah. He remixes them I'm, And I'm like, I'm on board for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Jack's uh, protagonist is balanced by... A fellow protagonist who also sometimes becomes an antagonist in the show, uh, John Locke, played but by Terry O'Quinn. But does the antagonist always think they're the protagonist in their own story? Oh, man, that's heavy. Super deep. Just wait till we get to Ben. <gasps> so good. I know. Um, John Locke is a sort of, whereas Jack is a, well, to pull from a title of one of their best episodes, uh, Jack is a man of science, whereas John Locke is a man of faith in this show. He is a guy who came to the island under very uh, strange circumstances and develops a deep connection to it and sort of becomes a spiritual leader of it. And over the course of the series really becomes, I think, one of the more... Uh, compellingly tragic television characters. Yeah, I feel like seeing him as a, quote, man of faith, the show really looks at what does it mean to ha both have faith and to have faith in something that does not 
care about you at all. Right. And what does it mean to, if you have faith, do you then get something from it or to expect something from yeah. your faith? That Locke is someone who is both a true believer and also continually feels like he's owed something for his belief. Um, Entitled white guys, man. Exactly. He is, uh, he is hashtag white privilege. Um, walking. Well, actually, most of this cast is. <laughs> true. I mean, we got some, some real cool people of color, though. Yeah, and... it is. I feel like for 2004, yeah. it was a pretty diverse cast. Yeah. Um, um, uh, but yeah, um, we have Kate Austin, played by Evangeline Lilly, uh, sort of general love interest, probably the most under, not even underutilized, underrealized characters in the show, where they just, she was a character who, uh, on a show where everybody's backstories are s- so important to who they are, Kate is a character who was really kind of doomed from the start. Yeah. Because among all these really compelling, fascinating, like, deep backstories, she just kind of got a dud. And I feel like through no fault of Evangeline Lilly, like she no. was really trying, but yeah. like I feel this show wanted her backstory to be way bigger and more impressive than it actually was, and they never knew what to do with it. Exactly. She's the um, the Julie Taylor of the Lost Universe. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a really good comparison, actually. I want to do a, a make a big list of characters who TV shows could have used so much better and didn't yeah. realize Bates on Down Abbey. Like, oh, yeah. they, why didn't you treat him like a human? Yeah, why did we spend 4,000 years on a murder subplot? Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so Kate is in a love triangle with Jack and Sawyer, who is your sort of classic Sawyer. sexy Southern con man, uh, played by Josh Holloway, just catchphrasing and zinging up a storm. Yeah, reading books on the beach. Oh, yeah. Hey, ladies. <laughs> You've got Charlie, Dominic Monaghan, who Aww. is a rocker, junkie, and not Hobbit, but... Somehow. Yeah, but I mean, he's basically a Hobbit to all of us. Uh, Claire, played by Emilia Raven, who's pregnant and adorable. Those are her, like, major... Oh, and Australian. Yeah. Those are her major character traits. My baby! <laughs> My baby! <laughs> it's a dingo! No. I don't actually think a dingo pops up on the show. No, it's a polar bear. Oh, yeah, that's true. But That'd be much worse babies. to be snatched. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, Sun and Jin, who are a married Korean couple, which actually becomes really interesting, especially in season one, because you have these two characters who do not speak English uh, dealing with everybody else on the island. Yeah. And um, the show does a really nice slow burn on getting into what their deal is. And it turns out to be really lovely and interesting. Yeah. Um, Saeed, played by Navina Andrews, who's an Iraqi soldier and torturer who starts off really strong in the series. And then I think as the series went on, it sort of lost sight of him a little bit. Yeah, I feel like a lot of his plots were outside of the main cast, mm-hmm. or at least a lot of his really interesting plots. Yeah. Um, he got paired with a lot of ancillary characters. And so when the ancillary characters would go mm-hmm. away, he would just kind of be floating again. He had some real sad eyes though oh so mournful yeah so very very mournful oh. and he would say torturer because i don't that, remember that in particular just when he talks about being a torturer yeah he just says it in a fun in a fun accent okay. uh and then the sort of heart and soul of the show hurley reyes oh. played by jorge garcia just his job is to be the guy that everybody tells their problems to because he's being lovable and, and, and has the, a lovely the guy that the audience like would actually want to hang out with like everybody else you're like i don't know if we would be friends but i would totally be friends with harley yeah he's the character who sort of keeps reminding everybody that like they are on a tropical island things could be worse um and then as the show proceeds onward you get characters coming characters going and the introduction of some really lovely lasting characters including ben linus probably one of the best tv antagonists in history uh, played by michael emerson as a character who just 
is always out for himself, but for varied reasons, and you never quite know where you where anyone stands with him. Um, he's got games within games, and so watching him get challenged by the world of the of the show was really fun as it went along. You also get Danielle Rousseau, uh, the French lady who we mentioned earlier, uh, and then of course Desmond and Penny. Um, the just star-crossed lovers who will make you feel all the feels in a time traveling so, way. Oh my God, the uh, constant! Oh, the constant! It's like one of the most emotional episodes of TV about yeah. a couple. Yeah, Lost is the kind of TV show that people remember the names of episodes. Not all the episodes, but certain episodes. You can talk to somebody if they watched Lost, and you can say the constant or Man of Science, yeah. Man of Faith, and people will know what you're talking about, and their hearts will melt, oh, and you'll all cry. And I think Desmond and Penny, they're like a big ship. Mm -hmm. Like, I will go down with this ship. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They are just well handled through the, almost the entire series. Pretty yeah. Much. Um, the themes of Lost, uh, it's a show that sort of defined appointment television. That's not really a theme, but it's so much part of the mythology of the show uh, as, an out, as an entity. Um, it came out of nowhere. Nobody at ABC was expecting it to be a particularly really? big hit. Yeah, they produced the heck out of the pilot. I really thought they had a lot of commercials going out about it. They like were they, were, it. they were pushing it hard. But none of the writers expected to be back for a second season. And then it became this massively successful pilot and all of a sudden everything changed. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like a... Like a Friday Night Lights is something that I would say came out of nowhere, where like it never yeah. got acclaimed, but it's like become a cult hit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Lost, I think, very quickly became something, but it was not something that people were really paying a lot of attention to until the pilot dropped. And then it became a sense. It became much bigger than anybody. It wasn't even just like, oh, this is a popular TV show. It was a massively huge event. Oh, yeah. Um, it was also one of the first kind of mass market internet driven television shows ever. Uh, as far as, you know, the internet had obviously been a huge part of shows like the X-Files and shows during the 90s and the Simpsons, but Lost was a show that brought people to the internet specifically to talk about it and actually started being kind of in dialogue with its internet fans, which kind of started to be a problem for it as it went on. Um, because of its massive popularity, it suffered a little bit from TV networks not yet really knowing how to handle a TV show that needed a specific closed-off arc to its plotting. So you get things like in seasons two and three, uh, a lot of experiments in stretching out plot to last as long as possible, a lot of additions to the mythology. They have to do a flashback every episode, so you start winding up with things like, how did Jack get his tattoo? And other burning questions that no one ever answered. I think that um, that actually was a, like a problem for the show at many points, but it made producers and studios for shows that came after it really understand that you can't just drag this out. Mm -hmm. you need, like I think, say Breaking Bad and Mad Men, yeah. they were the result of Lost and the showrunners being able to say, this is our arc. Right. We have seven seasons. We're going to do what we can with it instead yeah. of like, maybe we could get 10 out of this. Yeah, why not push it a little yeah. bit? Yeah. I mean, it's you can really see the moment in season three of Lost when the showrunners were finally given an end date. And ABC said, fine, you have four more seasons. Do what you will. And almost overnight, the show gets so much better because it's driving towards something. Um, but it has also at that point built up a lot of residual mythology baggage that it has to deal with. Um, they also had things like 
actors leaving the show for various reasons. Yeah. Some got fired because of some DUIs. Um, one actor just decided he didn't want to be away from his family anymore. So suddenly you had a character who was going to be an intrinsic part of the mythology yeah. of the show. Who leaving. was real good too. Yeah, who was wonderful leaving and you have to deal mm. with it. So as much as you can hear now showrunners talking about show Bibles and what it means to have a schematic and a plan, um, this was a show that really had to figure out how to stay flexible and how to drill down to what was important, which the decision that the writers made uh, moving into the final seasons, especially the very last season, you can really see them make a conscious decision, was to focus on the characters. Um, the payoffs of Lost, uh, I'm, I'm sure even if you haven't watched the series, you've heard people talk about the finale and they either loved it or they hated it or... I feel like uh, I've mostly heard people talk about they hated it. Yeah. But, or like, I think a lot of people were looking for like real mind-blowing stuff that would like explain all the magic and science and weirdness of the island they were looking for like the full mythological Mm -hmm. explanation that would all make sense and tie up not realizing that like if you want that you're just going to get a lecture for the last episode like i just really want to see sawyer and juliet by the the vending machine like that is i feel like the most beautiful tv finale moment Mm -hmm. and like I don't even care what happens in the weird magic pool. Yeah, exactly. Like, you got to put a plug in a pool and there's light coming out of it. Okay, great. Whatever. Like, get me to the resolution of characters who I've spent seven years with. Yeah. And I think, for me, uh, the Lost finale was incredibly satisfying. Um, And I think, for the writers, I think they really kind of stuck the landing on the thing that was important to them, which was the journeys of these characters, for the most part. A few of the characters kind of get shafted. Sorry, Saeed. Uh, Yeah, Saeed. Um... But uh, it's a fascinating television show to watch because it was really the bridge show into an era where we now have these kind of prestige dramas um, that have really fully thought out arcs. And so it's kind of fascinating from that way. But specific theme wise, um, live together, die alone is the biggest one. Um, the, The power of teamwork and what it means to, in extreme situations, work with others to overcome and the need to trust other people. Um, the people who are with you in times of trial are the most important to you. Um, there's a lot of a lot made in Lost, especially in the later seasons of this idea that like these people are bonded not just because they were all stuck together, but because they've helped each other through things that are never really going to get matched in their lives. Um, it's why they have to go back. They have to go back. Um, uh, philosophy and rhetoric, sort of the science versus faith argument. There's a lot of new age philosophy, especially when you meet the Dharma Initiative, which is an organization that has interest in the island and was very like 1960s, 70s, new age philosophy driven. Um, but there's a lot in the show about what, it, like we were saying earlier with Locke, like what it means to have faith in something versus what it means to try to be, need to be analytical. And I think it also balances out with like, like real science and physics and what does it mean to push the bounds of space and time? Yeah. Um, which is cool. Like, mm-hmm. I like that it, it's a show that is willing to put magic and science right there together. Yeah, and really not worry too much about where the line it gets yeah. drawn. Um, the last season especially becomes very clearly about good versus evil and what that means and where the shades of gray are in between. Um, the idea that your past makes you who you are but doesn't necessarily have to define you. Um, all the characters are definitely acting off of who they off of what their flashbacks tell us. That, you know, they've all had catastrophic events in their lives and that 
informs what they do, but they also can break out of things and change and become better people. Um, and you win by helping others, getting back Aww. to the teamwork. Um, so yeah, it is a, it's a really lovely show. Uh, I think I cried the hardest at the Lost Finale that I have at any television ever. Um, because it's part of it's just that Michael Giacchino is a real good composer. Oh, and he man, does real good work. Oh, he'll give you the feels in those last moments. But um, it is a very worthwhile journey to take um, and a fascinating look at a little bit of TV history. So, yeah, we've got two good shows yeah. from the mid-2000s. Yeah. yeah. Good for us. Um, and actually, they really cross over on some big themes. Yeah, I think that this leads us into the thematic crossovers. So why don't you tell, what, what were you yeah, thinking? So I was thinking that whole live together, die alone thing and teamwork makes it possible. Like you're surrounded by people you might not like, mm -hmm. you might not get along with, but you all got to figure out what you're doing together because without each other, you are not going to survive. Yeah. Um, bad dads. Oh, such bad dads. Bad dads like all real over the place. big father issues. Yeah, just so much problems with dads in both of these shows. Um and the idea of sons or children trying to break out from their father's legacy in general yeah. and children becoming their parents. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lindsay Bluth. Oh, Lil Lindsay Jr. Um yeah, also I think both shows because of the time period that they were in in very different ways are very heavily sort of steeped in 9 post 9/11 and Iraq war wow. kind of stuff. Okay. I mean, you have George Bluth doing oh, contracting in Iraq. Yeah. Um, Saddam Hussein I was gonna is be such like, a running where? joke. No, it's really yeah. it is it is in, almost surprising now looking back on just how political of a show arrested development That's was. That's true. Um and lost, you know, it's about airport security. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and also um, you have Saeed's whole plot line mm -hmm. and him being in the Middle East during a very tumultuous time. And, yeah, um, and I think they lost, I think, weirdly enough, I think Lost actually started becoming less political as it went oh, on, yeah. whereas Arrested Development started becoming more. I mean... Which is not where you would expect no, these I two like shows to go. Arrested Development, like... Especially in season four, it gets like real political. Like they're oh, yeah. they're building a wall before build a wall was a thing. Exactly, and they're and even in season three, they're going to Iraq and they're meeting yeah. Saddam doubles. And I mean, it, um, Mitch Hurwitz has political opinions and wants to tell everybody how dumb the world is in a lot of ways, yeah. especially the Bush administration. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it'll be fascinating actually to watch Arrested Development. If we go back and watch it now during yeah, our current political climate, I know, right? see how uh, how familiar everything seems. Oh my goodness! <laughs> um, but themes aside, because we could go on about those for another forty five minutes, probably. Yeah. Um, how do these two realities mash up? Well, I think what you were saying with um, the whole plot line of building model homes mm -hmm. in Iraq, um, I I feel like George Bluth has gotten deep into some shady international dealings oh, for sure. and i feel like he would have crossed over into the dharma initiative mm -hmm. at some point possibly through oscar his yeah hip, oh his yeah hippie brother oscar would be like running dharma and yeah. super inadvertently dharma. destroying the world mm -hmm. yeah but he would be doing a lot of drugs with him yep. and having a great time oh totally yeah um so yeah i feel like i could see like Michael being like, okay, we need to go to this island and mm -hmm. uh, deal with this r r crazy thing that we have left there because <laughs> it's unexploded nuclear war. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I feel like that was kind of where I was taken off for yeah. the, the crossover. Yeah, for some reason, I really want to see the banana stand as a pod. 
Um, oh, that would uh, be so great. Yeah, as like a new hatch. Oh, there's always uh, money in the banana stand. always money in the banana. And I'll, actually, I could see, so like the when the, what, six survivors get picked up? Yeah, the, the Oceanic boat. Six. Yeah, so they, I could see them saying like blaming the bluth corporation for it and it's like real bad pr and Mm -hmm. michael is like no i will take you back i will i will do whatever we're just gonna smooth all this over and then and jack gets drunk and meets kate at the airport and he says kate i've made a huge mistake yes (laughs) oh my god i feel like you could just have ron howard doing a voiceover throughout lost Mm -hmm. and like yeah absolutely he did not actually need to go back (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. Lost would be great with a Ron Howard narration. Yeah, I'm I'm sure there's like a Tumblr that's like lost arrested development and they just mm-hmm. have like arrested development quotes over lost. Yeah. I very much think Tobias gets separated and winds up with the others and oh, yeah. just annoys the hell he, out of and them. And he thinks that this is all like filming on location. Yes, absolutely. He's like, Wow, this is so exciting, guys. And, and they all have guns and yeah. he does not know that they're real. But they have makeup kits yeah. and the costumes because oh, yeah. they dress up. So like, yeah, totally. He's oh, he God. is so into it. <laughs> he is. He's, he is one hundred percent on team other. Yeah, oh for sure. And they just want to send him out on a raft. Yep. Buster gets sent in with the military, obviously. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> on the, uh, he's on the freighter. He loses a hand to the polar bear instead. <laughs> Oh, no. Or maybe he loses his second hand to the polar bear. Oh, man. Things get real dark Things for get real bad. I'm a monster. Ah, he is the monster. <laughs> he is the monster. Buster is the oh, smoke monster, you I guys. Love, I love just thinking that, like, the Losties are having the exact same, like, horrific, like, castaway experience Mm -hmm. but it's all being orchestrated by the bluth company and the bluth family in some way yeah absolutely but like by accident yeah well you know they have the worst freaking lawyers (laughs) i love it yeah i mean i I think the levels of corporate intrigue uh yeah you've got you know bluth company east with sun and Jin getting wrapped it up in that oh Um, yeah you know uh i think yeah there there are so many uh, oh who's um uh penny's dad Oh, oh uh, he's Mr. got Whitmore. the whole, co- yeah, the, the whole Whitmark Corporation. I feel like he could be like, yeah, this was leading into like Battle Dome, but I mm-hmm. feel like he and and George Bluth would be like total enemies. Oh, absolutely. And they he would and like down. George would be trying to take the uh, Whitmore Corporation down, and like mm-hmm. that would be exactly what makes this island happen. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like actually, you could really just slot the Bluth Corporation in to the plotline of Lost and not much would change. No, just really bad corporate practices. <laughs> so really we'd be getting like on-island on sequences that are, you know, classic Lost, high drama and adventure and all of that. And then it would cut to the flashback sequences and they would just be Mitch Hurwitz comedy style. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah, but I think that that takes us very, very nicely into the crossover games. Yay! Um, do you want to start with Battle Dome? And we were already talking yeah, about Charles and so George let's, Senior. Let's just start off with Battle Dome. I feel like yeah, like um, Charles Whipmore mm-hmm. and George Bluth would be like mortal enemies. Yeah, absolutely. And again, just trying to take each other's corporations down. Yeah. I and I would love to see. Um, Oh, Mr. Woodmore. Um, Charles Woodmore. Charles Woodmore. And like his, the actor who plays him, who always plays like evil Charles kind Day. of no, not corporate Charles guys. Dance. No, he's in, um, he's in Game, of Game of Thrones. Playing a very but it's that Charles similar Woodmore thing. Style. Yeah. yeah. And I've, like, I would kind of love to see him and Jeffrey Tambor like go head to head. Yeah. Because I feel like it would end in hilarity. There'd be a lot of hilarious gravity going <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I think um, uh, – I feel like Lindsay and Kate would – sort of ineffectually fight each other really i see them as the best buddies oh really yeah 
I, I, feel I like think Lindsay I see would really annoy Kate. Yeah, but I feel like they would ultimately be like, man, we've had some real bad family drama. That's true. Like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Yeah, they're very I directionless. really bad men for me. Like, I can't, yeah. like, have a real relationship. Yeah, no, I'm okay with that. Yeah. yeah totally. Um, and I, I think... Um, Oh, I was just, I feel like I'm jumping all over, like thinking of other best buddies, um, maybe and Alex Russo. Oh, yeah. Because they are like the competent young women of the island. Yep, the children. (laughs) Yes, who like (laughs) just do not get the credit that is due to them. No, ma'am. And actually, maybe they could be Kiss Your Faces. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're both involved. Alex does have a boyfriend. Yeah, but like. Maybe he has George Michael. (laughs) Yeah. But I feel like I could see them both as by young women and they like end up being in the same space and it's like wait no i actually do want someone who's as smart and capable as i am they are on a romantic island getaway yeah they both have like adorable curly hair yeah that's perfect yeah (laughs) um yeah i think uh tobias in his time with the others would wind up getting on uh ben's bad side but thinking he was on ben's good side so (laughs) either i this battle dome is either Richard trying to kill Tobias or Ben trying to kill Tobias. I feel like it's like a battle dome on one side and a best buddies on the other. Absolutely. I think that's perfect. Um, Yeah, I will take that. Um, So what about um, like George, George Michael, where are we going to slot him? That's a tough one. Um, Yeah, because there aren't a lot of kids on the island. I mean, there's Walt. Oh, so (sighs) I was thinking Walt and Anyang. Because they're kids who disappear for a while. Oh my god, yes. (laughs) And then show up way older. Yeah, they would just (laughs) get back on the raft and be like, everyone is terrible. And wind up deeply tied to mythologies in ways that are not fully explored. No. (laughs) Oh, Anyang and Walt. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Love that. Um, Yeah, George Michael, I mean... I feel like George Michael would want to be Oh, maybe Sawyer. Hurley. Oh, he and Hurley yeah. could be buddies. I feel like George Michael would want to hang out yeah. with Sawyer, though. And, and Sawyer jo- would... So it would just, like, punch him in the face at some point. I feel like Sawyer would tolerate it. Maybe in he the way he be... tolerates Hurley yeah. and then becomes friends with Hurley. Exactly. I, I feel like George Michael and, and Hurley again would be, like, legit best buddies because they're just, like... I just, I really don't like confrontation. Yeah, I just want I, to be okay. I have some, like, weird family stuff going on that mm-hmm. I just wish wasn't going on. Right. I just want to talk it through. Yeah. It'll be okay. I, I cannot have a legitimate love interest. Yeah, it just cannot be, it can't be possible. Yeah. And, you know, you come to the island to forget, George yeah. Michael, so don't worry about it. Yeah. Leave it all in the ocean. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I mean, this is... There is rich territory to be covered because there are so many characters that pair surprisingly well because they're both shows about like how messed up your past makes you and needing to turn over a new leaf. And also people who are kind of ridiculous. Yeah, like kind of extreme characters. Yeah. Um, Where does Arts fit into all of this is my real question. Um, teacher man who, yeah, uh, who, yeah, like I, I mean, he's like that, that's a that's a interesting character to pull out out of all yeah. these amazing characters that we have. I don't know though. Like Arrested Development has a, a plethora of I side think that characters. Is true. Oh, maybe he and like Barry Zuckercorn, yeah, would like kind of fight. Or like get a and beer blow or each something. other. <laughs> yeah, blow each other. <laughs> they just have real bad ideas. Exactly. Um. um yeah, I feel like Nikki and Paolo could be guest star guest characters on an episode of Arrested Development. Oh yeah, like Just coming like, in to scam the police. I, oh, or something. I feel like um, they would be like on 
an episode of the telenovela that Job's oh yeah wife was on mm-hmm. um, and like crossover there yeah absolutely uh, yeah Nikki would be would be all over that yeah um, and I I can see Lindsay like, trying out for oh god it was something four seven or something we're having a fire sale <laughs> <laughs> yes indeed oh banana stand. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so there are so many possibilities in this crossover, and I'm super excited about it. Oh, yeah. And I, I feel like they're – and, and like we were saying, there's just both characters that are so focused – or both shows that are so focused on character. Mm-hmm. I feel like I just want to pull out every single one. Yeah. Like, um, there's so many memorable people. Yeah, like people. John Locke. I feel like he and Michael are actually a lot alike. Yeah? They both are very purpose-driven, and they, they're like um, lawful good – Mm, yeah. They 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 both have like a deep code and they make yeah. some real bad mistakes based on their deep code. That's true cuz I and was they thinking... don't acknowledge their own moral failings. That's true cuz I was thinking Jack and and uh and Michael, but I think Locke well, might make more sense actually. I, yeah, I mean I can see Jack and Michael because they are both trying to save everyone around them. Sure. And are like the martyr complex people. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Locke also has a much greater sense of himself in terms of like I I can see my position as the most important. You know who that makes me feel like he would most get along with though? Who? Is Job. Oh Job. <laughs> <laughs> they both love the illusions. Magic. Magic. Yeah. I uh I feel like they would be the bestest oh of buddies. My God. And they would make a lot of terrible decisions together. They would make the worst decisions. Yeah. Oh, it wouldn't go great for anybody. And there, I feel like Joe would be like really looking for a father figure. Oh my God. And they, yeah. Like John Locke is like, we are going to find Jacob and he will be our new father figure. Mm-hmm. I And I feel like Ben and Buster would get along surprisingly well. Really? Yeah. Just, I mean, try to picture, first, try to picture anyone hating Buster. <laughs> I think a lot but, of people do. Uh, probably. But I don't know. I feel like he would – he's a useful idiot. Yes. <laughs> and I feel like he would look up to Ben because Ben's very driven. That is and, true. And I don't know. Maybe I just, maybe I just want this to happen. <laughs> I, want, I want Tony Hale and Michael Emerson to I, hang out. But, you know, I would love to see them in a TV show together. Yes, absolutely. I would watch the heck out of that. Oh, man. Buster. Oh, Buster. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this one doesn't have even so many kisser faces. Yeah, I mean... like, I love some of the lost pairings. Like, I wouldn't want to break up Sun and Jin. Mm-hmm. I don't want to break up Sawyer and Juliet. Yeah. Um, and I also don't want to pair anyone up with any of the Arrested right. Development I yeah, people. I don't want to sentence except anyone. Except for maybe to, an Alex. Yeah, I don't want to sentence anybody to a romance yes. with an Arrested Development character. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, not even Hurley, where I no. could be like, oh, maybe we'll give you someone better who no. stays alive. Oh, yeah. Oh, Libby. Um, well, yeah, I think that that's a – I think we've we've mined this rich vein of banana stand hatch-related goodness. Yes. Uh, there's, there's always bananas in the hatch? There's always polar bears in the banana stand. Oh, God. <laughs> Always. <laughs> We're doing a chocolate-dipped banana. We need air conditioning. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, so let's move on to some reader's advisories. Yeah. Uh, once everyone has tapped the rich vein of these two shows, where should they move next? Um, so for Arrested Development, if you want more characters that you'd hate in real life um, but just want to sink your TV time into. I like this category a lot. Yeah, right? I feel like I'd be – this is 
that most of the reader's advisory for this is TV shows. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like these are all Netflix categories waiting to happen. Oh, yeah. Um, so for more characters you'd hate in real life, um, try 30 Rock, which is yes. like a, a show full of lovable, uh, amazing characters. But I'm like, I wouldn't want to spend any real time with any of you. No, they're awful. They're awful people, but mm -hmm. hilarious show. Yeah. Um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yep. <laughs> like legit terrible people. Another show with and, a deep and intricate mythology. At this yeah, point. and like a show that really depends on the strength of its cast. Yeah. Like they're they're all to... so hateful, but also like really hilarious and quirky, and they have their comic timing down like impeccably. Yeah, they have to generate chemistry <laughs> between terrible humans. Yeah, and they do. And like I'm not someone who really loves watching awkward tv like louis was a little too much for me mm -hmm. but like somehow i can watch it's always sunny in philadelphia and like still enjoy these people yeah. and i think it's the cast oh yeah um also we haven't seen outside of the pilot of crazy ex-girlfriend but i feel like that's a real similar yeah. vein of like someone who's just making really terrible life choices yeah and, and then also really like specific comic styling yeah. also good at cutaway gags yeah um mm -hmm. If you want more humor that's willing to go for that long joke and push boundaries, um, Community, mm -hmm. another great TV show. Um, they had, oh, they had um, Sawyer from Lost on for oh, the yeah. paintball episode. Oh, yeah, Holloway. Yeah, they like do some really interesting episodes like the D&D &D one and the Christmas one mm -hmm. um, and the paintball one starring Josh Holloway. Hey. Um, Spaced with Simon Pegg. Yeah. Is we actually haven't seen the finale for that. So maybe it goes way off the rails, but right. it's, yeah, just like also kind of terrible people, but like just wacky humor throughout. Yeah, I wouldn't um, say terrible people. I would say not driven people. Oh, that's true. They're not terrible. I was thinking of like some of the supporting characters oh, are yeah. like people, again, you wouldn't want to hang out with. Oh, for sure. Um, And they got like hot fuzz for that build on long jokes oh absolutely um if you want more weird family antics try bob's burgers although the belchers are way more lovable like i would actually want to be part of the belcher family for sure. um if you want to read about funny dysfunctional families try david sedaris's essays um his family is definitely warmer than the bluths um you feel like there's a genuine love there but they are all super weird people yeah there's a lot to work like through. when when your sister is amy sedaris like you guys are weird yeah. and i love you you're setting a standard uh dress your family in corduroy and denim is probably a good one for family stories mm -hmm. um and if you want to engage with issues of race and white privilege while delving into a dysfunctional family drama, go see Appropriate by Brandon Jacobs Jenkins. Yes, it's, such a good play. Yeah, it's like balances really heavy issues and and yet is funny and like sharp and it's never like cruel to its characters. It's yeah. just like taking them to task for being so steeped in their own privilege. Yeah, it doesn't forgive anybody anything. And it's also a play that in the same way that Arrested Development is so aware of like sitcom structures, I feel like appropriate as a play that's all about the American white family argument yeah, drama. Like so all aware. the family coming together and yelling at each other on stage. Mm -hmm. um, and it hits all those beats while commenting on them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, a lot of TV, one book and a show. Love it. There you go. Oh, yeah. Um, Lost is going to shape up pretty similarly. A lot of television. Um, there have been so many copycats to Lost since it came out. Shows mm -hmm. that, that really built up and were all like, we've got our mythology totally figured out. And then lasted a season and got canceled because everybody doesn't actually want that. Um, 
things like Flash Forward, The Event, Jericho, Terra Nova, etc. But some shows that follow in Lost Legacy or were running at similar times and are still really worth watching. I would say uh, Fringe is way up there. It's another J.J. Abrams show, so you're going to get some time travel, some dimensional travel, all of that. Um, Person of Interest featuring Michael Emerson. Um, I have not actually watched this show, but I am so excited to. It's basically like real-world Batman. It's like Michael Emerson has created a machine that uses predictive algorithms to predict crime and works with Jim Caviezel, Caviezel um, to go out and find people and and it's a mystery show it's sort of a mystery of the week kind of structure um but with a larger mythology underpinning it um and then uh, of course Battlestar Galactica our season 1 recommendation um that's the other finale that I sopped my way through um that other people hate that other people got really so, mad about so you know about. it's one or the other yeah exactly um there's a great anthology uh, called Thrilling Tales. I believe it's a McSweeney anthology edited by Michael Chabon that has a lot of like pulpy style stories that I think really match the storytelling style of Lost. Um, Lost revels in pulp. It just loves it. Um, and like comic book aesthetics and all that kind of stuff. Um, there's also, we were talking about before the episode, there's like a basically a Lost reading list that could mm-hmm. be possible. Like because Sawyer just like finds all the books that everybody in the plane had been reading and like right. reads them throughout the series. Yeah. And it's a show that loves loves showcasing like the books that people are reading because they're metaphorically linked or the music that they're listening to um there's a lot of stephen king that pops up and i would say anything by stephen king um the stand uh the first half of the stand is one of my favorite books ever written the second half is fine um but it's definitely much like arrested development (laughs) um yeah uh but really any show any book that you see referenced on lost is going to thematically tie in um if you're into stuff that's happening now westworld is good it's not great it's good um, I think it is a show that really prioritizes the mystery box of it all. Um, it's very Nolan-y in that way. I think Christopher Nolan is all, and uh, Jonathan Nolan are very big on process and schematics. So it's a show that the characters really aren't there yet, um, but the mystery is fascinating and the intricacies of the plot are great. So it's kind of the 180-degree reversal of Lost's focus. Um, why not go watch some old Twilight Zone episodes? That's always fun. Um, and then when thinking about Pulp, I flashed back to the first sci-fi pulp series I ever read, which was called The Colsec Rebellion, C-O-L-S-E-C, and features a bunch of kids uh, crash landing on a planet where they are stranded. Oh, there you go. Um, And I have no idea if it's good or not, uh, but I enjoyed it. It's out there. And it got me into geek town in sixth grade. Also, um, just jumping back to flash forward on your list, I was like, why would he have that on there? Because I was thinking about the show that was on Disney back in the day, starring, also called Flash Forward, but it was two words, uh-huh. starring Ben Foster and Jewel State as neighbors and best friends. Yeah, and it was a total rebuff of Lost. Yeah, of course. It was exactly that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So it, that's a recommendation, yeah. too. You will not a, be surprised at all. It had a deep and frustrating mythology. Yes. For the Disney Channel. Yep. Very ambitious. Early Disney Channel. Yeah. I'm very proud of that because I'm like, oh, I love you. Ben Foster and Jill State. Like, yeah. you're, you did good, kids. You did all right. And then Jill State went to space on space cases. Which, yeah. And then space on Firefly. Yeah. Man, she spent a lot of time in space. Yeah. Good for you, Right Jill on, State. girl. Yeah. Shoot for the stars. Oh, I like it. Um, so yeah, and I think we have crossed over the crossings. Yeah, cross those streams. Yeah, zap. 
That's what streams sound like. Yeah. Um, Science. People want some Magic. more of this incisive commentary and wordplay. <laughs> Where can they find more stuff about Crossover Appeal? They can find us at crossoverappealpodcast.tumblr.com. That's where we have all our show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to email us your favorite characters from Lost or Arrested Development, or even just your favorite jokes from Arrested Development, yeah. because boy, do we love quoting them. Mm-hmm. You can email us at crossoverappealpodcast at gmail.com. You could also email us about other shows you want to cross over yeah be like tom he's okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) he's fine i guess you know it'll do yeah as toms go as toms go (laughs) um you can find us on facebook at crossover appeal podcast and join our off week yeah on off weeks we do um posts about other stuff we've been watching or reading and we ask you what you've been watching or reading or listening to so if you want to share some media that you love or talk about something that you really hated let us know yeah i really want to talk about rogue one yes everybody needs to see it so we can't spoil anything exactly uh or you can follow us on twitter and tweet things at us especially gifts we love those we do love gifts at crossover appeal and most importantly, you can subscribe on iTunes and rate and review us because that would be really awesome. Yeah, we love getting the word out. We love having more people to talk about geeky stuff with. And yeah. uh, we love more suggestions and about things that we should check out. Yeah, like even short reviews are cool. Yeah. Like Tom is okay. Tom is okay. In fact, yeah, just give us a five-star <laughs> review and write Tom is okay and you'll be our best friend. Yes. <laughs> Take that, Tom. <laughs> and on that wonderfully affirming note that will probably scare anyone from ever recommending oh, anything no. away. We love you, Tom. Oh, he's fine. Um, <laughs> we're going to sign off for the night. This has been Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Carty. And we are reminding you to, as always, please ship responsibly. <laughs> <laughs>